Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. So I wanted to provide some type of value into your life even before we get started. Um, as you guys know, you'll be able to catch and actually ask questions to Bryce McKinley himself on our monthly wrap-ups. He was there last month, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to join us uh, numerous times to be able to answer any questions about what we're going to speak about today. So first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and get this kicked off. So everybody, welcome to the Forging Life uh, podcast, where Today, we get to speak with a good friend of mine, Bryce McKinley, and this individual has uh, sparked a, a great amount of uh, wealth and knowledge into myself. I know he doesn't know that yet until after he hears this, but uh, he's a great guy to sit there and follow and learn a lot from. And just to give you a little background, this individual, his story is magnificent. And it's not my story to tell, but going from riches to rags and from rags to riches. He had this great company, ended up losing everything and going homeless all the way back up to where he is today. And he will be able to, to actually speak on this, tell you a little bit about his backstory and how you can actually do some of the same things he is doing in his life to help you get to the next level. So everybody, I'd like to welcome Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley in the studio. Bryce McKinley, the man himself. Bryce McKinley. Bryce McKinley. If you don't know Bryce, he's crushing it. He's doing over 50 wholesale deals a month. He's been averaging 55 to 60 deals. Bryce, oh man, great, great guy. And uh, I, I greatly took away a lot of knowledge that he provided me. Before I got with Bryce, I had a lack of confidence. But since I've been with uh, Bryce and the REI family, I've gained confidence of talking to, again, over 400 people. You know, we're overwhelmed, of course, uh, all these leads coming in that quickly. But of course, we just, we love it. We're trusting the process. We're trusting you guys, most importantly. And we just want to say thank you again for everything that you do and for what you're teaching us. I'm right here. And if I can do it with two kids at home, then you can do it too. And so we brought Bryce down to Florida to spend some time with him and pick his brain. And the stuff we learned just in one hour, literally, I would have paid $50,000 for it. Just the stuff that he taught us that we can use. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're, if you're watching this video and you're considering having Bryce as one of your coaches or mentors, make the decision now. Because we travel the world. We meet a lot of people. We've had a lot of people pitch us and try to teach to us. None of it made sense until we sat down with Bryce and he walked us through it. And you know what I love about Bryce? He's actually done it. So he's not just speaking from some textbook or something that somebody else taught him. It's stuff he does. And 
He made it so easy. Now we're gonna take it. We're gonna make millions, literally. Let's go. What is going on, everybody? What up, Trey? What up, Bryce? It's always great to have you, my friend. Now, that's an intro. I shouldn't have even said a single thing. I should have just let you go ahead and have that nice, awesome streaming video for us. And I love, it. I, I love the fact that you're taking time out of your day. Um, for those of you who don't know, this dude, he has a packed schedule. And he has to have that schedule because he also has that family. He's an amazing family man uh, with his, his children and his wife. And I know your wife definitely hold you down to that that schedule too Oof, that's an understatement she, need, she needs mama time and uh you know i enjoy spending time with her as well so i make sure that it's a priority so i appreciate that appreciate it <laughs> so right before we jumped onto this call what is it you were doing man i was actually in a meeting with my tech team um <laughs> And right before that, I was training my acquisition team, my sales team. And right before that, I was training VAs and virtual assistants and like just back to back to back to back. Like I, I'm a firm believer in managing your time and not letting your time manage you. And, uh, you know, as they say, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so um, very, very tight knit with who gets on my on my schedule and so forth. So, Trey, I appreciate you, man. I love what you're doing, and and uh, any way I can help support you, man, I'm all for it, brother. I appreciate you. And one of the things that I did not actually add into uh, the intro is you. I know you got the coach sharpen hat on. Your coach uh, mentor, and one of the things I didn't talk about is you actually being an international speaker. Uh, actually a Fortune 500 business consultant, uh, top five sales trainer in the world. And that's huge to sit there and not, or make sure that I did not forget to mention. Uh, some of the stages I know that you've been able to, to share most recently, I believe it was, you were out there with uh, John Maxwell. I just had one of the, the founding members, uh, his podcast episode aired Tuesday. And you were out there on this individual stage, uh, Les Brown, um, I was it, I think it was Tony Robbins as well, just some of the ones that are coming off the top of my head. And sure. you, we have a lot that we can learn from you. And that's why I asked you and you opened up the floor to not just me, but everybody that's listening to this right now. So thank you for being here, my friend. It's my pleasure, man. I, I appreciate you. I, you know, at the end of the day, we met through a, a small little Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, man, I, I was just trying to pour out and, and get back to community, whether it was online or not, you know, and uh, you were right there with us supporting us. And I'll, anyway, I can support you back, man. I appreciate you. You know, I still sit there and I look at that that uh, the first time what was going on in that Facebook group is you would actually I think you're streaming a couple times like back to back. I don't know if it was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday or Sunday, Monday. And I was like, man, I can't even commit to that much time. So you were just pouring information. And in. when he's sitting there pouring, this was free. This is stuff that people could just log in and just sit there and learn about. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up, and you're a true stand-up guy, um, somebody that I personally look up to, and I say that because I know during Christmas time, and you're not looking for this praise, but 
I did. I, I saw this, this picture and it, it touched my heart. You, you had these baskets, these grocery baskets that were completely filled up and you're pushing several of them down the aisle. And tell us, what were you doing with those baskets? Because I want people to hear exactly what you were able to do with those. Yeah, I appreciate that, Trey. So, man, the, the reason behind those baskets at Christmas time was, you know, nine years ago, I had through a series of unfortunate events and we are perfectly okay with going through that if we need to. But uh, nine years ago, I was homeless. I was sleeping in my car. I was homeless. I had like 32 bucks to my name and I just, I was down and out, you know, and I had lost like tens of millions of dollars. I had lost five companies. My wife passed away. I had my son uh, passed away and uh, gosh, Okay, you're going to distract me with that cute little baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, at the end of the day, man, you know, every Christmas, you know, since I've gotten back on my feet for the last nine years, we have bought toys for the angel tree, the Salvation Army Salvation Army Angel Tree. And that was because my first year or two getting back on my feet, I had people that poured into me and, and helped me get back on my feet. And I vowed that I would always do that again and give back. And so every year we buy the number of kids that my son is turning for those kids. So, you know, last year he turned 10 right before Christmas. So we bought 10 10 year olds. 10 gifts versus just the one or two that they asked for on their little slip. Cause they, those, those kids are like so humble. Most of the time they don't even know. And it's like their mom or a friend of a parent, like filling this stuff out. I don't know to this day who filled it out when I was supported and when I was helped, but I had, you know, Salvation Army show up at my door with, you know, two or three gifts for my son when I didn't have the money to get them. So uh, we do the same thing. And uh, when, when uh, we do that, you know, we don't just settle for the one or two things that they want. We go and get them like however many toys they are in years old. So like this year, for example, we'll buy 11 gifts for 11, 11 year olds, you know, and, and it's interesting as, as that process or program, just, you know, my habit of doing that has progressed over the last nine years, like more and more of the older kids actually get left out in these disheveled families. And, and so it's been really cool to be able to get back. And, and this year, uh, specifically, when you've seen the baskets on baskets on baskets and the Kindle fires and the remote control cars, like not only did we buy 10 gifts for 10 kids, but we were blessed to pick up the remaining 250 kids that nobody bought gifts for. And we bought them all four or five gifts. So that was a huge blessing, man. I appreciate you asking. Man, I just got chills when you sat there and you talked about that. Just, you said 250? Yeah. So we bought, we bought 10 gifts for 10, 10 year olds. And then when we went to go turn them in, um, there was like the very last day. So I wait till the very last minute to see like how many kids are left over if I need to help out in any way. And they were down, they had like every kid in the Metroplex on the angel tree was taken care of except for like 250 of them. And so, um, yeah, I was like just under 250 or something like that. And we ended up, yeah, we ended up buying for them. Man, that, like I said, I, I literally had chills. The, the hair on my arms were sitting there just standing up. And it touched me 
when I was able to see that and it, it still touches me now because at the end of the day, when we're able to sit there and provide to somebody else, it fulfills ourselves. And so you're really doing two things. One, you're helping somebody in need that could truly use that help. And also it will help fulfill you. And I say this because a lot of people might be sitting back and, and living in the funk. And that's because sometimes it's partially about one, taking care of yourself into providing value and helping honest help to others is a true fulfillment. So once again, I, I do appreciate you. I didn't know where this podcast was going to go. I don't like scripts. And yeah. I just wanted to hit on some of these things because you're an, a true outstanding individual and those things need to be um, shown. And it, it's hard for an individual to just bring up yourself. So uh, thank you. And I do appreciate that. So how do I get my kids on that list so you can buy for them this Christmas? <laughs> I love that question, Trey. That would be uh, the Salvation Army in your local area. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's several people out there that are able to do no, that. No, no, um, I, I don't want to jump on the Salvation. I just want to get on that, that Bryce oh, list. Sure. <laughs> those people in the Salvation, those individuals need it. So I just want to jump on that Bryce list. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, on a serious note, if somebody is, they are listening to this right now. And I was fortunate enough to be one of the individuals to actually do a very small amount this, this Christmas. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, being at the post office, there was an individual, they weren't able to actually provide Christmas presents for their grandchildren and their daughter there. And we came together and I was able to deliver that and see this kid's spark in his eyes and know that they had some type of Christmas. And that was a huge fulfillment. And that's why I speak when, when you're sitting there and you're down, if you just get out, get your body moving and to honestly help somebody. So thanks for bringing that up, Bryce. Uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory. I've talked about it and people have heard from me and a little bit about your, your quick intro. So how did you go from riches to rags or from rags to riches to rags to riches again? Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think that's a conversation for more than just uh, 45 minutes, right? Like, you know, I, at the end of the day, while I'm an international keynote speaker and top five sales trainer in the world, I've been hired by Tony Robbins and Matt Caleb Maddox and Ty Lopez and all of these stars to help facilitate conversations at the end of the day i'm just human you know and i think that's one thing that a lot of people take for granted like they see celebrities and they see people and they look at them and idolize them and i realized really quick when i had this this notoriety that i'm just human i make mistakes and 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 that's what happened right like my backstory the 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 50,000 foot view is like, gosh, I grew up in a very cult-like religion. It was very strict. And my parents separated at a young age and we were poor, like very poor. My mom still works in the same factory she did when we were kids, just barely making ends meet. And she didn't have to, but now she chooses to. It's interesting. Uh, that's all she knows, right? That's how I grew up. And I vowed to myself and my future self and my family. And I think that's the key is like, Commit to your future self. Whatever your future self wants to become, be the version of the person that becomes that today. 
So if you want to be a millionaire, wake up at 4.35 o'clock and do millionaire habits. Be millionaire habits today so that tomorrow you get the results that you're putting in the efforts for today. And so, you know, my journey starts at like eight years old where I had a paper route and I got fired because I wasn't 10. And I convinced my parents, like, put my name, put my dad's name on the route. And if I do well, when I turn 10, give me more responsibilities. And so my parents and my route manager collaborated. We did that. And by the age of 10, I had five additional routes. I had six routes. I was making more money than my parents, taking them out for Sunday after church dinners. And it was super cool, right? I've just always had this entrepreneur slash hustle in me. And um, unfortunately, my parents separated at a really young age, Trey. And uh, my dad stayed really religious and involved in the church. And my mom kind of went off and did her own thing for her a while. And uh, moving into like housing projects and subsidized housing, like I was not in the greatest environments, as you can imagine. And so, you know, I ended up running with gangs and violence, drugs and drug dealing and drug doing and so forth. And I was facing some pretty hefty criminal charges at the age of 17, Trey. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was scared. But at the same time, all I knew to do was hustle. And part of that hustle was like, read the law, read this, big, figure out this. And uh, after defending myself and getting acquitted of all charges, I was blessed with another opportunity at life. And that opportunity took me to Davenport, Iowa, sleeping on my uncle's couch because he literally grabbed me by my ear and took me out of the house. He's like, you're going to come stay with me and get your stuff together. And... Uh, <laughs> That's really like where it stood, where it stood out. And that's where it started. Um, I started detailing cars at a car dealership and fell in love with the automotive industry. And, you know, I'm not super mechanically inclined, Trey, but I know what it takes. And that's grit, determination and better conversations. And I think that's probably one of the things that most people love about what my team and I do is we help people better facilitate conversations. And so at the age of 17, I begged my uncle for a shot. And uh, he's like, well, when you turn 18, I'll give you that shot. It's a week before my birthday. My birthday's Christmas Eve, by the way. And uh, so it's a week before Christmas, a week before my birthday in Iowa. It's snowing blizzard. And he's like, if you can sell a car today, I'll put you on the team next week. What did I do? I sold three cars. <laughs> and so over the next year and a half to two years, I would become the number one car salesman in the world with Ford Motor Company, recruited out of my dealership to travel the world, teaching my simple seven steps to business and five steps to every conversation event. From there, Nissan, Toyota, Honda uh, picked me up, traveling the world as a Fortune 500 business consultant. I was picked up by Tyco Corporation, Owens Corning, I've done a lot of things at a very young age. I had the world right by the you know what. And unfortunately, in 2006, my wife lost a baby. She battled some really troubling depression over the next year and a half. And uh, by 2008, she would end up taking her life. And I can tell you this, Trey, like in that moment, I had millions of dollars in the bank, multiple companies. I was young, immature. I lost my marbles, man. I lost my marbles. For almost two years, I was in a bottle and up my nose in the, you know, to the equivalent to almost $80 million of five companies. I lost everything. And I met this girl, moved up to Wisconsin. We ended up having a baby and I sobered up in March of 2010. And uh, 
I thought that I would, I had everything. I thought that I had everything figured out. I would get back on track. I'd redo it again. And uh, that just wasn't the case. I mean, I ended up fighting for custody of my boy. Cause I came home one day and mom had OD'd again. It's like, why now? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, man. And, and for the next like year and a half, we almost well, just over a year, a year or so, um, I was homeless, sleeping in my car, taking care of this son that uh, it was just him and I. And uh, yeah, coming full circle, man, I, I found Wholesaling Real Estate. That's the uh, company you see here, REI Results. It's a wholesale company um, in and around the real estate space. Um, you know, doing 40, 50 transactions a month where most people do 40 or 50 in a lifetime. We're doing that month in and month out. And here we are today. Fast forward, you know, nine years we've done, you know, between my partner Kyle and I and our team, we've done over 10,000 transactions. 99% of them have been completely virtual. Uh, we recently, you know, formed in the last year or so, have formed one of the largest real estate companies in the world. Uh, which is every house and uh yeah man just been super blessed I, that's the backstory, man and i know there's so much more that you can go into um i've heard this story and it touches me every single time and one of the things you spoke about in our uh monthly wrap-up because you were there with us and gave us that that little bit of knowledge and Hey, I'm watching the time here. There's a lot of things I want to get a hold of. So yeah. it, you had that re that religious touch in that deep moment. And can you quickly tell us about that amazing, um, how you were touched religiously? Um, what, what events really quick? And then yeah. I'll, I'll jump into some of these other things because that is a, it's truly, yeah. people have I, been I in those situations. I think religiously is more, it should be like spiritually, right? Like spiritually, I, I felt that I had it all figured out. Unfortunately, uh, March or excuse me, September 28th of 2011. Uh, so it'll be 10 years this year. You know, I just had enough. I, I, I was done. I'd gotten custody of my boy. I couldn't seem to get back on my feet. And I'll never forget. I wrote a letter to my mom, hoping that she'd take care of my boy. I wrote a letter to my son and just said, I'm sorry I couldn't be what I wanted to be. And uh, the same 40 cal that sits next to my bed tonight, it's never jammed before and hasn't jammed since. But that night, Trey, it jammed in my mouth three times. And I, I knew in that moment that I was destined for something else. I didn't know what it was. And so I got really mad at the world. I got mad at God or what my thought was of God. You know, I think that uh, spiritually people, you know, try to identify with their higher power. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, that's only as good as your higher power is. And if it's fictitious in, the, in your head, that's all it is, is fictitious and in your head. There's one God and he's proven himself time and time again. And I didn't want to accept it at the moment. So I got pissed off and I gave him an ultimatum. And wouldn't you know it, he showed up. Like, I don't remember what happened over the next like eight to 10 hours, but I do know that I woke up with a peace over my life. And I know that I told him basically show up, like show up. I remember yelling at him, like show up. 
I was so mad. And in that moment, he, my son, he was one years old at the time. Babies don't talk. I heard his voice, the same voice that I hear today as he's 10 years old. Now, the same voice I heard, daddy, everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, if that's the case, bro, I'm all in. And so I call God my bro. His name is Yeshua, Jehovah, Jesus, whatever, you know, you want to identify with. I call him bro, like, because I have a relationship with him. I'm not super religious. I mean, heck, I think God's pretty gangster. He's not some wuss sitting on the corner in a padded room, you know, watching fake news. And But that's a whole nother conversation, right? Like, my God is pretty gangster. I mean, he cussed out priests and pastors in the temple because they were defiling the, defiling the church. And he made a party better by turning water into wine as his first miracle when he showed up on this earth. Like, my God's pretty amazing. And so I, I've, I've cultivated a relationship over the last, you know, nine and a half years with God, Jesus, however you want to identify with Christianity. Uh, but I'm not religious as I am so much spiritual and I have a relationship with him. That's the difference. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, same thing is just your whole backstory and how you are and who you have become. A lot of people will sit there and say you became an overnight success. You know, you you had those cars and, you know, screw all this smaller stuff, so to speak, that happened to you. They don't see that unless we speak about it. And it's miraculous. And you've been able to change so many lives just because of the, the thought process from that moment forward. And you have truly changed a lot of lives. And some of the things that I'm, I was sitting there just writing things down and you talked to earlier about um, just showing up. If you don't, if you're not a millionaire right now, then wake up and have those millionaire habits. What would you say some of those millionaire habits are? Your word is everything. I think one thing that I've found by hanging out with millionaires and billionaires is that they set expectations and they hold their boundaries. And I think the big misconception, Trey, is that like people with wealth are egotistical or arrogant or cocky or whatever. And I think that the big misconception is that that's just not the case. They have an understanding of setting expectations and holding true to boundaries. So that would be like where I would start, right? They ask better questions. You know, they dig in like how a podcast is, is orchestrated, right? Like asking questions versus reacting and acting and, and just making statements. That's one of the biggest things that I've found that millionaires and billionaires do differently. You know, when you ask someone for advice and they have a thousand bucks in their pocket versus someone that's got a million dollars in the bank, the person that's got a thousand bucks is, is the mentality of most folks are, oh yeah, let me help. And let me just tell you like it is. And it's like a millionaire is like, well, help me understand. Like, why are we in this situation in the first place? Let's find the problem so we can solve it, right? Find a solution. And so their solution base, their expectations and their boundaries are in place at all times. And they don't waver from that because their word is all that they've got. And so they stick true to their word. They hold boundaries. They set expectations. And, you know, for me, everybody's different, 
But for me, time blocking works for me. If it's not on my calendar or in my email inbox, I'm not doing it because I know that that's what dictates my schedule. And after a certain period of time, like 6 p.m. Central Time, you call me, I'm spending time with my family and that's their time. You know, Saturdays and Sundays, that's their time, you know, so getting laser focused and expectations and boundaries being a priority and asking better questions. Those are probably my four things that I would say would be millionaire habits that I exercise day in and day out. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, man. And with you, you talked about time blocking and that's especially with me right now is the things that are currently going on. I would not be able to, to manage everything. And my schedule is probably a lot smaller than what's going on in your schedule. And when you're time blocking, it's about getting the most out of those certain times that you have written down. If I sat here and I had this podcast episode for one hour and we sat there for 20 minutes, just trying to get ready. That's not necessarily the most effective thing that I could do. The most effective thing is just get out here and, and let's get this message out there. So um, what, can you walk me through, like when you wake up, do you have a certain morning routine that you try to practice and stick to that helps set you up for your day? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. Matter of fact, in my coaching program, I have what I call my top secret files. Like, I don't know if you can see that. It's like my top secret files. And that's one of the things that's like first thing I have in there is my morning routine. It's like, this is my morning routine. I wake up, I do these things, you know? And so um, it's very similar to like the miracle morning, uh, Hal Elrod talks about, which was also, I was speaking with that uh, uh, with John Maxwell. And um, the first thing I do is I make my bed. I, I, I wake up, I make my bed. I, I believe that if you can't win your morning, how are you going to conquer your day? And so the first thing I do is I make my bed and then I go through a series of what I call my self-integral three, three or the guaranteed threes. And so um, the first of that is my gem deposits. And my gem deposits are like, I do 20 minutes of affirmations, 20 minutes of visualizations, like in front of my vision board. And then I uh, go down and I write for 20 minutes uh, in my gratitude journal. And I don't just write like what I'm grateful for. Like I find four to five things minimally and I detail them. Like I'm grateful for my son today because last night we had a chance to catch up and he asked really good questions and I've been blessed, right? Like something like that. Like I'm not just writing thankful for my house. Like I actually give it some thought. And then, uh, you know, I spend about an hour in devotion and, and meditation, 30 minutes of devotion, 30 minutes of meditation, just kind of listening to what I'm processing. And uh, then I, I go on a walk. I take a walk for about 30 to 40 minutes every day, clear my mind. Um, spring break's going on right now. And so my boy goes with me and, and takes a walk. Otherwise, he goes to school. And then for about an hour after, that walk I do some sort of like cardio or or something active uh, whether it's like a faster paced walk or I just keep walking and I do that that second part of that workout per se um, with like music or motivational stuff you know like 
John Maxwell or Tony Robbins or Les Brown. So I split it up, right? The first like 30 minutes is just me and my thoughts and walking. The remaining 30 minutes is like some positive flow, music, information, podcast, stuff like that. Awesome. And I, there's still a lot I would like to talk about. I know we're running down on time. So I wanted to actually dive into, I hope you guys are taking notes in regards to how you can set up your own morning just to start doing something. He, you know, Bryce talked about start implementing those millionaire habits and, you know, sticking to your, your, your physical word, what you're speaking, make sure that you follow through, make your bed, you know, and take time and devote to thinking what is around you and not just the simple tree, the sun, go a lot deeper, find those explanations of why, you know, thankful for my son. Why are you thankful that discussion he had? So um, thank you for sharing that. I really do appreciate it. I want to jump into, I know you talked about seven steps to business, five steps to a conversation, but before we even get into that, I would like to actually speak about some of the wholesale. It, I would like to, for those that maybe they're, they're down on cash, what are some things and how can they implement what you do or how can they get involved? Yeah, so if you're interested in, in learning more about what I do, I mean, we actually just created a new platform. So you can go to reiresultsacademy.com. And if you go there, you can actually set up a user. We have a user interface. And in that interface, we've got like free modules. We have uh, challenge groups that we do occasionally. We have a two-day event that we do occasionally. Uh, but it looks and feels like Facebook. You know, it's got its own platform and ecosystem. And so you can gain information that way. But wholesaling real estate is just really simple. You know, a lot of the other coaches and gurus out there, and this is one of the reasons why I got into coaching, not because I have to, but because I wanted to. I wanted to be the change in the industry that really gave me a, a fresh start. And so in wholesaling real estate, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you need money or you need a license, or you need a buyer's list to do this business. And those are three lies that the industry has used to keep people at an arm's length from actually having success in the business. So what is wholesaling real estate? Well, wholesaling real estate is merely uh, acquiring a property on paper and selling the paper. So let's say hypothetically, Trey, grandma passed away and left you a house that you can't afford, or maybe you lost your job and you're behind on taxes, or maybe you had a, uh, you went through a divorce and you need to sell the house fast, but it needs rehab and you don't have the money to do the rehab. There's so many different distress situations that happen that people sell houses at a discounted rate to be done with them and we buy them on paper. Now, should you have the intent to close the deal when you do it? Absolutely. So don't just make crazy offers, like learn and understand how the numbers work and running comps and all of those small things. But those things can come along the way. Just get started, put marketing out and leads will come in and have a conversation with the homeowner. Gosh, grandma died, that's overwhelming, right? And if you guys agree on a price, the market's going to dictate whether that's a good price or not. So just go have conversations with people that need to sell houses, get it under contract. So let's say we contracted that house for a hundred thousand. Well, now we market out the rights to buy that contract and we sell it for 110. Well, 
I'm an investor. If the house is worth 300 and you get them to agree at 100, I'll gladly give you 110. Hell, I'll probably give you 150 and you make 50 grand on that deal. It's pretty simple, right? So one contract with the seller, a secondary contract that adheres to the first contract's terms for a higher price with the buyer, and the difference in between them is what you make as an investor wholesaler. That's what we do. And we do that, you know, we're opening up market seven, eight, and nine right now. And in all of our markets, you know, we're doing 30, 40 transactions a month. And so it's been very lucrative and very blessed. And now we're able to coach and teach people. Yeah, because I'm generally interested. I know you've been doing this for a long time. And I've even pushed uh, one of my clients over to you to, to go through some of the, I think it was the, the free uh, challenge yeah. or something you had. And he's deeply involved in a lot of other things right now. But um, for those, even for myself, like, what could I do right now? You froze, Trey, you froze. There, right, there we go. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying, like for me, right, if I wanted to do this, I, I told you before the show, I, I just bought a house, right? Yeah. So if I wanted to create that extra stream of income and one, how long does it take to find those deals? What skills do I need? And can somebody literally start today? Or is there a little background knowledge they need to have? Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, yes, no, and yes. No, that's <laughs> so the, the, the long version, long story short, at the end of the day, anybody can do this. Um, I've got my very first coaching student. I believe he's like 21 or 22 now. I met him when he was 19. He's full time active duty in the military. He was stationed in Misawa, Japan on an Air Force base working, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour shifts on the base. We had a conversation just like this, Trey, where it was over, over a Zoom chat, and I showed him what we were doing and started coaching him and literally got his first deal live stream, like him live streaming, talking to a seller. And I'm like, say this, say that, say this. And he got his first deal. That deal contracted to close took about three to four weeks. So there is a little sales cycle there. But you could get started today. And if you've got a contract today in like two, three, four weeks, you could be putting tens of thousands of dollars in your bank account. And so on average, the cycle in wholesaling real estate is about 30 to 40 days. But it doesn't cost anything other than your time. And if you know what you're doing, which is marketing and conversations, you can make a lot of money really fast. You know, this isn't a get rich quick thing, but if you follow and trust the process, as I like to say, like there's a whole bunch of purus out there that'll tell you, come follow and take my course and you never get a deal and hundred grand later, you're like, well, that didn't make sense. It was overwhelming. It's a lot of information, but not a lot of action steps. Like just keep it simple. Like there's seven steps to this transaction. It's like marketing out to sellers make a Facebook post, like put an ad on Craigslist, cold call for sale by owners, leads come in and you have a conversation. Those are the first three steps. And that conversation leads to a contract because you negotiate. And then you do the same thing to a buyer. You market it out to buyer, have a conversation and you get another contract. Those two contracts go to the title company and it didn't cost you anything but 
a little bit of your time. And on average, it's like four to five hours of actual work for one deal. And that pretty much anybody can do that. If you're a stay at home mom, maybe you don't have a job, you're relying on these uh, government stimulus and um, the, the package that they just passed uh, for, I think it dropped down for those that are unemployed, what, like to four or $300, something like that. Maybe this is a start for you to be able to watch the take news, it. Trey. There's a millionaire tip for you. Don't watch <laughs> the news. I don't either. So um, I had a conversation with my sister. This is a side conversation. But uh, just today, I talked to her about how I'm so thankful. When I got back from Iraq and I saw all the crap that they were putting out there uh, about the, the war zone and it's nothing but bad and people, you know, I was just like, man, really? And so that was back in 2004 when I came back. And since then, I truly do not pay attention to much news at all. It might be headlines, but that's it. So um, thank you for that additional tip. And I hear that quite often because why is that? Why do we not pay attention? Because we can easily be consumed and there's nothing that we can even uh, partake or change about what they're speaking about. So we're worrying about everything else instead of moving us to the next level. And better than that, not only can you not change it, you can't even question it. So if you can't question it, why worry about it? You know? I love it. And before we do run out of time, I, I'll, I'll kind of jump away. I, I did have other questions in the, um, the whole, the wholesaling, like how do you find those? You, you talked about, um, Facebook ads or a post going into those groups or Craigslist and uh, what about for the buyers? So you guys, this is just very small information for you. Sorry, uh, Bryce, but this is something to just give you uh, an awareness to what Bryce does because he is the top guy when it comes to all this stuff. So this is to, to let you know there is possibilities out there for you and just some of this process. So he talked about, look, have those conversations, post in these Facebook groups, uh, Craigslist, or look at the classifieds, whatever it is, just start doing something. But then you, you talked about finding the next step after the conversation of uh, how do you find the buyer? Yeah, no different. You, you market out to buyers. And, and my philosophy on marketing is go where the people are. So when I mentioned go to like Facebook groups, Craigslist for sale by owners, that's where like people are, right? Like everybody's on social media. We're streaming right now into a Facebook group. Well, what would happen if I joined the Forging for Life Facebook group? And I was like, gosh, I'm looking to help some of my veterans. And how I do that is by flipping houses. And I donate 10% of proceeds or 50% of proceeds. Do you know anybody that's got a house that they need to sell? Shoot me a message. I'll make them an offer today. And when you put it like third party like that, it's like, oh, I got a house. Oh, I got a house. It's like, go join forging for life groups, garage sale groups, HOA groups, sneaker groups, work from home, man cave, lady cave, knit from your own house. Like there's tens of millions of groups out there. Go join a, nine or 10 groups a day. And every day you post in the previous day's groups, you're going to get leads. Well, guess what? Now, once you've had a conversation and you get a deal on your contract, now you change your dynamics of what groups you're marketing to. So now you join real estate investor groups and real estate cash buyer groups and real estate off-market groups and realtor groups in your area. 
Like rocket science, right? Nay, I got a property that's off market at a discounted price. Who's interested? Drop an email and I'll send you the details. Now you got a whole bunch of buyers because they want your deal. Like that was easy. I just gave you the whole thing. Go get a seller and go get a buyer and write up two separate contracts that are difference in price. And the difference between them is what you make. That's that I made it. I keep it stupid simple. Like I didn't go to Harvard. I barely graduated high school and I've made hundreds of millions of dollars by keeping it stupid simple. And that's an acronym we definitely followed in the military quite often because we can over um, complicate things by just overthinking it. Well, I got to do this, this, and this. Well, just start taking action. Um, so thanks, man. I, I do appreciate you taking that time and actually going through that. Um, I want to shift gears before we end because you have influenced a lot of people and it started right at home. So with how you've uh, shown up as a father, can you talk about how you influence uh, your son right now and what he is doing? Yeah, so I've got, I've got a son that's 10 and a daughter that's just turned 23. Two very different parental roles and two very different perceptions of the parent that I am. You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, a, I was an amazing dad. Like I'm learning. There's no manual to this. You know, as they say in neuro-linguistic programming, like the map is not the territory. Like the way that you identify the, your world and the way that I identify your world and the way that I identify my world and the way that you identify my world are four different lenses, like four different lenses right there, let alone Tom, Dick and Harry, right? And so like, while I was a teenager and I had my daughter before I got out into the car business, I was like dope dealing, gang banging. I didn't want her around. And so I didn't hang around her because I didn't want that around her. I missed her. I loved her tremendously, but I felt as a young child and as a father at that point, that that was the best decision. It scarred her for a very long time. And now she's come full circle. We've worked on forgiveness and we're getting better, but we're not best of friends, but I still love her unconditionally. Now you fast forward and I've got a 10 year old boy who I've had at my hip, like on my side since the day he was born with a whole bunch of life experience and sobriety and wealth. It's like two different parental roles. And it's been really interesting to say the least, Trey, uh, because sometimes I wonder if there's like animosity from my daughter to my son. Is there, you know, wonder of loss for my son to his other siblings that he has? Like, am I keeping them from them? Like, I don't know. All I can do is be the best version of myself today. As far as modeling that to my boy in house, that's exactly what I do. You know, I mentioned earlier setting expectations and, and holding boundaries. My son's got this crazy cool haircut. Well, it's shaved all the round. You and I and everybody else, we call it a bowl cut back in our days. But now it just looks like a freaking bum, right? Well, he did this really cool thing with it where he combed it over. I'm like, dude, that looks cool. If you keep it that way, you can keep your haircut. Or we're going to cut it off. Well, he got it cut again. And one of the things that the lady at the salon said was you should, you know, permit to keep it curly up on top. Or here's a 
curling iron and showed him that. So what did he do? He used his money to buy a curling iron. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to support that. You know, I'm not too manly to think that men can't use a curling iron. So he does this little curly thing and combs it over. It looks pretty cool. I mean, I've got little to no hair, so I'm going to, I'm going to let him live. I'm going to live vicariously through him. Right. But all that to say, the only rule that I had was that he keep the thing unplugged when he's not using it and it's turned off and unplugged. He just got his butt chewed out today and lost his curling iron for a month. And I told him if it happens again, I'm going to break it because I told him that before. And I think that that was a little unrealistic because I was frustrated. And so I'm man enough to have that conversation and just let him know I was frustrated not going to break your stuff because that's not how we handle things, but you are going to lose it for a month. But the second time now that you're warned, it will be broken and you won't have it because I can't risk losing my, my house, you know? So I think the trick to parenting is not just discipline, but setting expectations and holding your boundaries. Like there's a theme here, right? And so I, I feel like that's been my biggest thing. Like, I don't waver. I don't lie to my children. I don't tell them that they're Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. Like, I just don't do it. I'm truthful. I'm honest. And we have a pretty amazing time. And, you know, you, you speak about some of this stuff. And one of the things I want to key in on is not acting out of emotion. And that's a big thing. We can quickly, and I see the time, so I want to respect your time. Um, acting out of emotion. That's one thing we need to pull ourselves whether it's a relationship with a, a man or a woman or your children is ask yourself, am I acting out of emotions first and foremost? And maybe it's something you need to pull yourself away and then re-engage later on. So thanks for bringing that up. And really quick, at the end of the day, Trey, we live one of two ways. And, and for you listening to this in the audience, like once I share this with you, you're going to never forget this. And you're going to ask yourself, am I living that way or that way? It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, you live one of two ways. And that is this, you're either living reactionary or you're living intentional. That's it. And when you start living intentional versus reactionary, you'll realize your life, your wealth, your family, your friends will change. And I always think about going to like the grocery store when I tell this story. It's like, how do you know when you get cut off, you're headed to the grocery store, you get cut off, and what do you do? Like on the highway, you honk your horn, you slam on your brakes, you flip the guy the bird. Well, maybe that was me back in 2008, and I was just trying to get to my wife who was on her deathbed, and you're mad at me because I cut you off? Maybe there's another explanation, or maybe I just got fired. Or maybe whatever, whatever, right? Let's take it a step further. You walk in the grocery store, Trey. You role play with me here. Take yourself off mute, Trey. You walk into the grocery store and little Johnny and Sally, whoever it is, is sitting there. They're talking. They work there and they see you walk in. And your wife has told you, Trey, I need you to go to the store and get milk and Ritz crackers. You walk in. Little Johnny and Sally say, hey, Trey. Welcome to Kroger or Albertsons or whatever grocery store you have. Welcome to Kroger. Can I help you find anything? Trey, what do you say? If I don't know that place, Ritz Crackers. 
but you're you're living intentional so you're different and i love that about you nine out of ten people and if you're watching this raise your hand put a comment in the chat and say i've done that because we all have you walk by and you say no i'm good you go back to the milk in the back of the aisle and notice what trey said because he kind of knows this exercise i've done it before well we did it in leading through change so your subconscious probably knows this probably but notice he asked for the ritz crackers right like we all know where the milk is but let's be realistic where are the ritz crackers sometimes they're in the soup aisle the chip aisle and God forbid they're doing stock that day. They're over in the pharmacy waiting to be put on the shelf, right? Like, who knows where the Ritz crackers are? They move them all the time. Now, just imagine how frustrating and waste of time, number one, because you reacted and just said, nope. Now you just wasted 10, 15, 20 minutes because Sally and Johnny went on lunch break and you can't find anybody to help you in the store. How many of that happens, happens before, right? Or let's take it a step further. What if the fact that you didn't even give another human the opportunity to be validated and the other 10,000 people on their shift did the same thing? And we wonder why suicide rates through the roof? Little Johnny goes home and doesn't feel validated. They're just trying to do their job. Their mom and dad yell at them because they can't communicate. And now that little Sally, that little Johnny blows their brains out, pops a bunch of pills, hangs himself. That's what living reactionary gets you. Start being intentional. Be like Trey. Yeah, you know, I know there's milk in the back of the aisle. My wife sent me to the store. Like, I got to get crackers. Where's the Ritz crackers? Oh, they're in aisle six today. Thanks. Those grapes look amazing. Or those apple pyramids look amazing, whatever they're stacking, right? Like, let's start being more intentional versus reactionary. That's my rant. Trey? Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. And it's true. It's That took something for me to learn. Sorry, I was frozen there for a minute. I know that. Um, <laughs> but I, I did catch everything. And just for me, it, that's one of the things I say, being proactive instead of reactive. And that, that's a huge shift because then you can take charge of your own day. Otherwise, you're not you're taking charge of everybody else's day and you're not getting anything done. So um, I appreciate you taking this opportunity to be here with us and explain some of these. Man, there's so many different things that we can recap on. I hope you guys, if you don't know, if you're catching this for the first time, make sure you jump on our monthly. It comes on the very first Friday of every single month. We do a, a monthly wrap up where we take all the guests from our uh, podcast and that's your opportunity to sit there and um, ask questions. I see in the chat on Facebook, there's things there. People are quoting what you've said, um, you know, keeping it simple. Um, some people saying, been there, done that. I love John Max. You know, so there's, um, I appreciate all you guys that have come out and supported. If you would like to actually interact and be part of our Zoom call first Friday of every single month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bryce, we, I know you were there last week, um, last month's. Uh, wrap up. We'd love to have you every month that we can, but you would be highlighted after this podcast airs. So um, that being said, where can people go to find more about you, what you do? Maybe they have wholesaling questions or um, maybe they just like your conversation. They want to give you praise. Where can they go to, to get all that? 
Yeah, I appreciate that. First and foremost, Trey, thank you for having me. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. I know you got a couple hundred people in this Facebook group right now. Like if you're not engaging and interacting, like shame on you. This is where we all need to band together. We're better together. If you're here and you're here for a reason, like start engaging, tagging people and inviting people into this group to not only help Trey get this message out there, but be the change that you want to see in the world. And this is just one little tiny pebble that you can throw in and make a ripple. It doesn't matter whether you throw a boulder or you throw a pebble, you still make a ripple, which creates change. That said, um, I, I'd like to throw something out there, Trey, between now and your next Friday wrap up, make sure for you, Trey, and your team, make sure you shoot me an email with a calendar invite because we barely touch the surface. And I think that everyone needs to have better conversations. And what I would like to do is like a free gift to the community is I would like to come back and in that Friday wrap up, since we spend a little bit more time and conversing and hanging out, I would love to teach people the art of communication. There's a five-step method that everyone can use. I'd like to give that to your audience today. And Trey, the only way that they get that is by joining us on that Friday wrap-up. And so that's what I want to do for you and your audience. That said, if you want to get a hold of me, you can see right here, Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Coach Sharpen, um, Bryce McKinley, or at REI Results Coach on Facebook, or you can find me at reiresultsacademy.com. Or if you've got a house that you want to sell and you just want a cash offer, go to everyhouse.io and uh, submit your house information. It will make you an offer. Outstanding, my friend. And one of the things that you have yet to say is your tagline. And I'm just wondering. You know what time it is. <laughs> So um, I appreciate you taking the time. As always, it's great to sit here and just have these amazing conversations. You're, you're a true gem to um, this nation, this world, because you have a lot to offer. And it's just a matter of um, getting the word out there and having people know more about you, even though you have that following, you know, but it's about me hopefully connecting just that one other person with you to make their life different. So thanks, my friend. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, you guys, as always, make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else and if you would like to join the discussion make sure you head over to the facebook page forging life podcast and join us there mm -hmm.